Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. We begin the new theme this month called The Ascent, and now they can start the clock. Anyway, Isaiah chapter 2 is where we're going to begin. One of my life verses that I believe about the church, one of the most prophetic, powerful verses. If you read Isaiah chapter 2 and you read Micah, I forget, Micah chapter 4 maybe, Micah and Isaiah got almost exactly word for word the same prophecy from God, almost word for word. And it's this, from the message it says this. There's a day coming when the mountain, and mountains speak of governments, or kingdoms. There's a day coming when the mountain of God's house will be the mountain, solid, towering over all the mountains, and all nations will river toward it. We sang that song about the, I come alive in the river. He says, all nations will river toward it. People from all over will set out for it. They'll say, come, let's climb God's mountain. Let's go to the house of the God of Jacob. He'll show us the way he works so we can live the way we're made. Let me read that part again. He'll show us the way he works so we can live the way we're made. That's what God's house is about. Zion is the source of revelation. God's message comes from Jerusalem. I love that. Prophetic picture of revival. Prophetic picture of end time flow. Isaiah 58, another place. Isaiah 58, 14 says this. Here's a great promise for you. No matter where you are right now, maybe you're in a valley. Maybe you're on a plain. Isaiah 58, 14. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. I preached this many years ago uh, when we first started the church. I preached out of that same text. And I said, and this lady came up after church and she said, I want to know about the high heels. I said, excuse me? She said, I, 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 well, what's that verse with the high heels? I said, there's no high heels in scripture. She said, no, the one with the high heels. I said, oh, high heels. Okay, anyway, so... <clears throat> Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 19. Are you awake today? Are you all right? Have fun. That's church. Habakkuk 3, 19. Habakkuk proclaims this powerful verse. He said, the Lord God is my strength, my personal bravery, the Amplified says, and my invincible army. He makes my feet like hind's feet. Talk about that in a moment. And will make me to walk, not to stand still in terror, but to walk and make spiritual progress upon my high places, even in times of trouble, suffering, or responsibility. No matter what's going on in the world, God's got high places for you. Amen? The hind is a doe, a deer, a female deer. Let's pray one more time. God, open the eyes of our heart. And take us up to the high places in Jesus' name.
Amen. What if I told you that no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord, whether for a brief time or for a lifetime, there's much more to your relationship with the Lord than you've actually tapped into so far. See, a lot of times we forget that. Because when we go through hard times, we get, we get enamored with ourselves and what's happening with us and the people around us. And you go through a loss and it's devastating. And, it's, and I don't, I'm not taking anything away from that. But I'm telling you that the Bible says, as a child of God, you have an all-access pass to greater joy, greater fulfillment, greater intimacy, and greater power than you've ever known. There's an old praise declaration in the past by Ron Canoli that started, we've been deceived by the devil for too long. We're going to tear the devil's kingdom down. What he said was his has been ours all along. We're going to tear the devil's kingdom down. That song was called High Places. We're going up to the high places to tear the devil's kingdom down. I know many people are still afraid. I know many people are still confused about the pandemic and wondering what to do and when it's safe to come back to church and all that kind of thing. And I'll say this to you. If you're going to work, why aren't you at church? If you're going, to, if you're going shopping, why aren't you at church? Don't tell me you're afraid. You're just, you've gotten complacent and you've lost your heart for the Lord's house and that's a danger. Now, if you're really an at-risk person, we support you to be home as long as you need to be home. But don't think you're at risk because you got a head cold or because you got, your, 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 you got a uh, hangnail in your pinky, okay? Now, if you have a cold, don't come to church. I'm not saying that. We have, we have the fever patrol out front. With the, they're going to check you, okay? If you don't feel good, don't come to church. I'm saying to you, I believe this thing has gone on. And I know you're hurting, but I believe I heard the Spirit of the Lord say this week, tell my people it's time to snap out of this. Tell them it's time to snap out of it. I love this story I read years ago, and I'm going to read it to you once again. Some of you might be familiar with it. But it's an old story, and it bears repeating. One day, a farmer's donkey fell into an abandoned well. The animal cried piteously for hours as the farmer tried to figure out what to do. Finally, he decided the animal was old, and the well needed to be covered up anyway. So it just wasn't worth him to try to retrieve the donkey. He invited all his neighbors to come over and help him. They each grabbed a shovel and began to shovel dirt into the well as fast as they could. Realizing what was happening, the donkey at first cried and wailed horribly in the bottom of the well. Then a, sh a few shovelfuls later, he quieted down completely. The farmer peered down into the well and was astounded by what he saw. With every shovel full of dirt that hit the donkey's back, the donkey was doing something amazing. He would shake it off and step up on the next layer of dirt. The farmer peered down to the well, and was, when, he, when he saw it, he couldn't believe his eyes. He was getting closer and closer to the top. As the farmer's neighbors continued to shovel dirt on top of the animal, he would shake it off and take a step up. Pretty soon the donkey stepped up over the edge of the well and trotted off to the shock and astonishment of all the neighbors. Life is going to shovel dirt on you. All kinds of dirt. The trick to getting out of the well is not to let it bury you, but to shake it off and take a step up 
Each of our troubles is a stepping stone. We can get out of the deepest wells just by not stopping, never giving up, shake it off, and take a step up with every shovel of dirt that hits you. Finally, the donkey gave the farmer who tried to bury him a good kick, which brings me to another moral for the story. When you try to cover your donkey, it always comes back to kick you in the butt. I love that story. The Holy Spirit wants to empower you. You were created to walk on the high places in this world. You were created to walk in high places. Deuteronomy 28 says, if you obey and listen to the voice of the Lord your God, he will make you the head and not the tail. That's up, not down. He will put you above and not beneath. That's up, not down. The early church was born on Pentecost in a prayer meeting. And yes, they were with one accord in one place, but they were in a place called the upper room. They went up to seek the Lord. It's time to go up. In Habakkuk 3.19 in the text, a hind is a female deer, but it's not just a female deer. It's not just any kind of doe. A hind is a female deer that can place, when she's moving in rocky terrain, she can place her back feet exactly where her front feet stepped. So with every step, she's still stepping in only the one spot. It is the most sure-footed animal on the earth. It was created with this amazing balance and this amazing way that its feet go into the, the back feet, go in the same place where the front feet had just stepped. It's amazing. Not one inch off. She's able to run with abandonment through the mountains and through the rocks. In times of danger, she's able to run securely and not get off track. The hind is able to scale unusually difficult terrain and elude most predators because of its sure-footedness. The Bible says just as God created the hind to run safely through the mountains, through Jesus Christ, you are a new creation with that very same ability. You might have gotten off track. You might have, had, you might have been embarrassed with some things you've done in your life like we all are. But I'm telling you, God has given you sure feet. He's given you his ability to make it through the mountain terrain to go to the high places and to live without falling. I want to give you some ideas in the introduction this week of this series. Just a couple of thoughts about the high places, what they speak of in Scripture. First, high places speak of our worship. Our worship. High places in the Old Testament referred to strategic places of worship. In battle, most armies attempted to take the highest ground because in that high ground, it was possible them for them to have greater vision and greater tactical positioning. I've been to Europe many, many times. One of my favorite things to do in Europe, this, you know, a few months ago, I finished right before the pandemic in Krakow, Poland for the first time. And right there on the outskirts of that, the city walls of Krakow, or Krakow, Poland, is a castle. It's at the highest point of the city. And that's the same way it is in most of the castles in Europe. They were in strategic places where they could see, where they could be ready so invading armies couldn't come. In the Bible, 
The Old Testament kings were largely defined by how they handled the high places of the previous generations. Because high places became places for idolatry and witchcraft. They became places where instead of the worship of our God, the worship of idols took place. As many know, after Solomon's reign, the kingdom of David split into two kingdoms, Israel and Judah. The reason why we call the Israelis today Jews is because they're Judans. Most of them are the survived are from the tribe of Judah because Judah served God longer. Israel went off track right away. Most of the, most, for the most part, Israel's kings were evil and not only allowed the pagan gods to set up counterfeit worship in the high places around most cities in Israel, but a lot of the kings of Israel actually participated in idol worship themselves. The kings of Judah had some godly reformers as kings, thankfully, but out of 20 kings of Judah listed in 2 Chronicles alone, only five were considered righteous and good kings. And the very best did something over and above. You know what they did? They went to the high places and pulled down the altars of darkness and set up the worship of God again. Right now in our land, there's a whole lot of battles, a whole lot of people trying to take a whole lot of ground. And I'm telling you, the idolatry of our nation has set us back. And it doesn't just start with sinners, it starts with the church. What will we do? What will we do to pull down the strongholds, to love people, but to hate what God hates? We need to love what God loves, we need to hate what God hates. And we need to stand for the righteousness of our nation. The very best went to war to pull down strongholds. And yet, yet I just described to you what we call spiritual warfare. In other times, the Holy Spirit had to handle things by himself when the kings wouldn't go to war, like the story of Dagon in 1 Samuel. There was a demon god that had taken up residence and started to build strongholds in the time of the judges of Israel. And Dagon was set up and they built temples to him right there near the places where God was to be worshiped. At one point in 1 Samuel, they, the Philistines captured the Ark of the Covenant, which we know was a tangible manifestation. It was a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit that now lives in us. They captured the Ark of the Covenant and they took it into the house of Dagon, a demon god. And they said, let's just put it in here and make it serve Dagon. What they didn't realize, and you can read the story, it's actually kind of humorous. The next day, when they came in to worship Dagon, his statue had fallen over in reverence to the Ark of the Covenant. So they were upset. They said, well, it must have been an earthquake. It must have been a, co a coincidence. So they set up again the ark of the, uh, in front of the Ark of the Covenant, they set up Dagon's statue and they said, well, he, they, they reinforced it. This time he's not gonna fall. The next day they came back and his head had fallen off. Dagon's head, Dagon, okay? Dagon's head was gone, had rolled onto the floor and his hands, the palms of his hands 
had fallen off the statue in the idol and had bowed once again to the Ark of the Covenant. And at that point, the Philistines said, we need to find a way to get this out of here. And they didn't want to mess with it. They finally got it back, and that's a whole other story. But here's the thing. Are you willing to pull down the strongholds of anything and everything that has stolen the focus and the intention of your heart? That's not just for me. That's for all of us. Are you willing to do what it takes to pull down the strongholds of anything and everything that has stolen the focus and the attention of your heart? I've said for the last few months, I believe that what the enemy has meant for harm, God has turned to good. This whole pandemic, when you couldn't turn on the TV and find anything decent, when you couldn't even watch sports, what is the world coming to? But have those things become idols in our land? You know, 40% of God's top 10 list, the Ten Commandments, four out of the top 10 involve loving God or setting your heart on God and not on something or someone other than him. The Bible says you shall have no other gods before God. We're going up to the high places and we're going to tear the devil's kingdom down. First Corinthians 10, the word says that every time you're tempted to sin, God will make an off-ramp, a way of escape. You know that promise? He will not allow more on you than you can handle. I love that promise. And with each temptation to sin, he will make a way of escape. But you know what the next verse says? First Corinthians 10, 14. The very next verse says, therefore, my beloved, therefore is a conjunction. Means it's tied to the previous statement. Therefore, my beloved, Flee from idolatry. Why would, we, why would Paul the apostle have to really put that in there so strongly for us to read 2,000 years later? Because idolatry is not bowing, just bowing to a statue. Idolatry is letting anything else begin to replace your love for God and something else coming into first place. God doesn't compete God does not take second place and he will not fight for your attention. He will sometimes remind you, but that's the Holy Spirit. When you get a nudge to pray, you better pray. When you get a nudge to turn something off or to walk away, you better learn to obey that unction because the more sensitive you are in those moments, the more power you see in your daily life. I want you to know today, I'm not closing the message yet, but I'm closing this one moment down, and that is this. If you have allowed anything or anyone to steal first place on the throne of your heart, you need to repent. You say, Pastor, you talk about repentance a lot lately. Well, repentance is the key. Repentance is not just a, I'm sorry. It's not just a, an apology. Repentance is that you're moved in your heart to make a shift and that you're willing to say, God, I didn't realize that that had taken so much of my time, so much of my attention, so much of my love and the capacity of my heart to love you. I want to tell you it's time to repent, whether you're in the room, whether you're 
in the overflow, whether you're at home, whether you're away for Labor Day. We want you to have a great time. <clears throat> but great time begins with repentance. Really great time begins where you open your heart and you say, God, forgive me. I didn't realize that I had allowed all these things to try to sneak up and become my obsession, my fanaticism. Let's be Jesus freaks. Let's be Jesus fanatics. Let's get back to opening our hearts. And if you, listen, if you've never received Jesus as Lord and Savior, this is the moment. I got a couple more points, but there's nothing more important than this because the greatest miracle of your life is not just healing or miracles or somebody getting out of a wheelchair. The greatest miracle is not just healing from cancer. That's a great miracle. We celebrate that. We give God all the praise for that. But the greatest miracle is somebody who can be dead in their sin can be made alive. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Right now, I want to pray with you right wherever you are. Would you bow your head and close your eyes wherever you are? And just let the Spirit of God work in your heart. If there's any place, God, as David prayed, as the psalmist prayed, Lord, turn the searchlight on our hearts. Let the spotlight expose the hidden motivations or the areas where we, we've become religious or complacent. Father, set us free. Set us free from ourselves, from our lusts, from our fears, from our doubts, and from making ourselves more important than you. Today we choose to deny ourselves afresh, to take up our cross and to follow Jesus. Lord, grant that. Holy Spirit, grant that every place you're moving right now. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I know that God's dealing with me. Maybe you've been a Christian a long time, or maybe you've never actually made that decision. Talk to somebody recently, and I said, have you really given Jesus your heart? He goes, well, I think so. Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. Folks, if you're at the place where you don't know that you know that you know, then you may not have. This is not just about going to heaven when you die. This is about life and life more abundantly. Would you surrender your heart today? Would you pull down the high places of idolatry and give God the best places of your heart? If you're here or at home, just say this out loud with me. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Change me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me for loving other things more than you. Be the king on the throne of my heart in Jesus' name. If you meant that, that's the greatest miracle there is because you've gone from death and come into life. Amen. High places also speak of our identity, speak of our worship. High places speak of our identity. The Bible says that 
if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. We, we become new creations, and that new creation becomes strong in who God is in us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. I love Deuteronomy 28.1 from the NIV. says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you on high above all the nations of the earth. My friends, it's more important than ever to recognize and embrace who you truly are in Christ and not how everybody else is trying to define you. People are going to try to define you by your looks, define you by your acts, define you by your attitudes. But God defines you from the inside out. And you've got to receive that. I love these. In Ephesians chapter 2, I love these. I, we call them, I call them togethers with Christ. The anointed one is anointing. <clears throat> Ephesians 2 says this, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, like we said a few moments ago, he made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. When you realize your identity, you realize that because of God's mercy, not because you're so good, not because you're so perfect, not because you were religious. Sometimes religion is the downfall of real faith because you start trusting in your own righteousness and not in the righteousness of Jesus. He made us alive together, raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places. You've been seated in power and in authority and in strength with Jesus Christ. My friends, the early church had such an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Just in my study time, just my, my private devotion time this past week, I started just looking over the phrase in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit said, or the Spirit said, or the Spirit led them. The Bible says that one day Philip the evangelist was going along and all of a sudden he saw a man, a eunuch, an Ethiopian eunuch sitting in a cart being pulled by horses and, and he saw him reading the Bible, saw him looking up the Torah and the Bible says the Holy Spirit said, I want you to go near that chariot. I want you to go near that horse and buggy. I want you to go there and listen to him. And he heard him reading. And he said to the Ethiopian eunuch, do you know what it is you're reading? Can I talk to you about it? The Holy Spirit said, go over there. The Holy Spirit said, if you wanted to do a cool Bible study this week, just take a few minutes. Look up all the things, the, the intimacy the early church had where they knew what the Holy Spirit was saying. Not in some weird way. This wasn't spooky stuff. This was very practical. The Spirit of God said, separate to me Saul and Barnabas for the work unto where I've to have called them. The Holy Spirit said, go over here. The Holy Spirit said, move over there. My friends, you and I have an opportunity to have a great relationship when we get our identity right. We can have such a relationship with the Holy Spirit of God who will always lift up Jesus and always open up the scriptures for us to understand them. Finally, this, holy, the, the high places speak of our authority. 
They speak of our worship. They speak of our identity. But they speak of our authority in Christ, in his name. We have his power of attorney. John 1, 12 from the Amplified This says this, to as many as did receive and welcome him. Receive and welcome. Receive and welcome. Just want to drive that point home. To as many as did receive and welcome him. He gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become the children of God. That is to those who believe in, adhere to. What does adhere mean? Adhesive. What is adhesive? Stick. Those who believe in, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. My friends, you and I have been given power to tread on serpents and scorpions. We've given power, been given power to be gatekeepers. In this moment of world history, when everybody's looking for something, people are looking for answers, people are looking for something true to hang on to because there's so much lying going on, so many lies, so much distraction, so much deception, so much division. But our God is true. And he's given you power to tread on serpents and scorpions in his name. He's given us power individually, but he's especially given it to us corporately as a collective. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, from God's word translation, you are Peter, and I can guarantee that on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you imprison, God will imprison. Whatever you set free, God will set free. My friends, you and I have the power to bind and to loose. It's in our hands. We've been given the keys of the kingdom of God. And those keys are functioning keys to make a difference in the people around us all the time. Keys get you into high places. Keys give you access. Keys get you up and over. Keys can either get you over the mountain or can give you the word of the Lord in your mouth to reduce that mountain to a hill. It's time to go to the high places by faith and take back everything the enemy has stolen in Jesus' name. Let's make the ascent. Let's climb the mountain of the Lord's house. Let's seek him as never before. Let's throw aside all the idols, all of the stuff trying to take and vie for our attention. And let's seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things you need will be added to you besides. Let's pray one more time. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray for those who have been delayed in their miracles. I pray, pray for those who have been distracted from receiving their miracles. I pray for those who have been frustrated with your timing, Father. And I thank you, Lord, that you're raising up your people to begin to stand strong in the name of Jesus, we take back by faith everything the enemy has stolen from us. We take back every lie and pull it down and then replace it with the truth of God's word. Lord, your word is true and it is no lie. Holy Spirit, would you move in this place? Holy Spirit, 
Do what only you can do. And bring that divine shift inside of us, inside of me, inside of us as individuals, as married couples, as singles, young adults, as children, as youth. Father, we need you more than ever to be our true north, to take us from where we are to the high places. Thank you, Lord, that humility does not equal poverty and brokenness, but humility of your word says when we humble ourselves in your sight, you will lift us up and exalt us to the high places. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hope you got something today. God's doing something great. Take this Labor Day time to celebrate. If you have a job, celebrate your job. Celebrate. Hopefully you get a day off. I guess the kids already get a day off school, right? So let's celebrate this weekend and honor the God who gives us employment, the God who provides for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.